Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. You're listening to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, Women Who Fear the Lord. I am your host, Isabel LeBron. Welcome once again to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, Women Who Fear the Lord. We are glad you have joined us. Today, we will be answering the question, what is Christian liberty and when is it liberty? What is Christian liberty? We have all heard the term, but let's take a moment to define it. Christian liberty is a doctrine that states if scripture does not address a particular ethical issue, then the Christian is at liberty to decide what to do. Why this doctrine? Well, we just have to look at the book of Galatians and see. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to defend the doctrine of justification by faith alone in Christ alone. The Judaizers were coming in and contradicting this doctrine by adding works. They basically said a man must submit to the Mosaic law before they could become a Christian. This would include such things as circumcision. Paul in Galatians reminds the Galatians that they cannot be saved by works. Galatians chapter 2, 16 says, Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. We then see Paul in chapter 3, verse 1 say, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? meaning who has charmed or misled you. Paul was concerned that they were taking the gospel of grace and adding works to it. Deuteronomy 4.2 states, You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. You see, when you add to the word of God where God does not speak, you have made it works-based. And on the flip side of that, when you take away from it, then you have quickly made it cheap grace. We have to be careful to not give our liberties away and place a yoke of slavery on ourselves that we are not called to carry. Jesus Christ died for our sins and also fulfilled the law completely so that we can live a life that glorifies Him and we would no longer be bound to the law. Now, that we have answered the question, what is Christian liberty? Let's go ahead and dig into when is it liberty? Now I have found when I hear Christians speak of their liberty, it is always in the realm of how close to the line of sin they could get to. There are two things we should consider when we are deciding whether to do something or not. First, does scripture speak directly of this issue? It's so easy when it's black and white. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not commit adultery. But what about things such as watching a movie, listening to secular music, public school, homeschooling, private school? In Paul's day, it was whether to eat meat that was sacrificed to idols. In 1 Corinthians 8, Paul addresses this very issue. He says in verse 8, Food will not commend us to God. 
We are not worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. We all have liberty in choosing and are bound by our conscience. As I was preparing for this topic, I listened to a message by Pastor John MacArthur, and he said that our liberty can turn into idols very quickly. When we find ourselves fighting for our liberties tooth and nail, then we might have made that so-called liberty an idol, and we can find ourselves in sin. We have to remember that we cannot be naive to think that we too cannot fall, as 1 Corinthians ten twelve states. Second, will this liberty make my brother or sister stumble? As we see in 1 Corinthians 8, 9, Paul says, But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. We have to love others more than even our liberties and put our own desires aside if what I'm choosing to do can make them stumble. Later, Paul says in verse 11 through 13, And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed. The brother from whom Christ died, the sinning against your brother and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. This is a warning to the Christian in dealing with a weaker brother. If you know the weaker brother can stumble and you do it anyway, you are not only sinning against your brother, but you are sinning against Christ. We hear Christ himself speak of the weaker brother in Matthew 18, 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Your liberties matter to your weaker brother. Next time you're trying to decide, think of your brother or sister in Christ. Paul was willing to never eat meat again because of how much he loved his fellow brother. Are we like this? Do we give it a second thought when making decisions according to our liberties? Am I loving my brother like this? Am I thinking about how my liberties might affect my brother? This has convicted me in dealing with my liberties. I pray we would all put our own desires aside for the sake of our brothers. How do we do this? By loving them more than our liberties. 1 John 3.16 says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Now, it's not only the believer we need to think about, but also the unbeliever. I love in the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul says, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is a very powerful statement. Let us do good to everyone. That includes the unbeliever. We also see in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. When we don't give the unbeliever a second thought regarding our liberties, we are not having an eternal perspective. I'll give you an example of this in my own life. I have a sister-in-law who is Jewish and doesn't eat pork. We would have family gatherings and my husband and I wouldn't even have pork as an option. I would think of Paul who said in 1 Corinthians 9.22, To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people 
that by all means I might save some. We knew there was nothing wrong with eating pork. However, we wanted to put our liberties aside to serve her and love her. Last few things to think about. How does my liberties make me look more like Christ? How does this sanctify me? Is it profitable? Now you can only answer this. I myself, through this study, have seen how I don't always think of my brother or the unbeliever. I can make decisions quickly without giving a second thought of how my liberty can affect someone else. May God grow us in this area. I pray this was a blessing and that it glorified our Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, ladies. Music.